Hello and welcome to another episode of Yumi and the Economy. We are happy to announce a weekly roundup of economy and finance starting from today. We will bring the news and brief analysis in these episodes. A week after the union budget and when the parliament is currently discussing it, a lot has been published and discussed. The Centre for Financial Accountability has published a budget analysis looking into some of the key areas of budget under the title A People-Less Budget. You can download it from www.senfa.org, that is C-E-N-F-A.org. The website is also in the description below. A huge focus of this budget has been on the infrastructure projects, which have been not just delayed but shut shop in the middle. In fact, 445 infrastructure projects showed cost overruns of Rs 4.4 trillion, while 557 were delayed. According to the report of the Ministry of Statistics and Programme Implementation, the expenditure incurred on these projects till December 2021 is Rs 13,8766.65 crore, which is 49.12% of the anticipated cost of the projects. Several reasons for time overruns are reported by various project implementing agencies including delay in land acquisition, delay in obtaining forest and environmental clearances, and lack of infrastructure support and linkages. You can read more about this in our regular infrastructure finance updates. Economic Times reports that the government is considering recognizing private equity and venture capital funds as a separate class of investors so that multiple issues related to taxation, regulation and other oversight mechanisms can be resolved. The government is planning to set up an expert committee within a month or two to look into this. As a part of ease of doing business, the government is diluting laws and regulations related to labor standards, environmental regulations and other similar laws. If private equity and venture capital funds are allowed to have a free hand, that will not only determine the regulatory process, but also reduce opportunities to hold them accountable for the human rights violations and damages to the environment. A recent study by the Center for Financial Accountability revealed that between 2016 and 2020, India received over 16 lakh crore rupees in private equity and venture capital investments. In sectors like digital infrastructure, finance, oil and gas, real estate, and others. You can see the full report on our website www.senfa.org. Delhi continues its gamble with the economy. After betting everything on infrastructure, it has decided to nothing about inflation. While everybody expected the Reserve Bank of India to increase interest rates to tame the rocketing inflation, it decided to keep the rates as they were. The RBI governor announcing the monetary policy claimed that inflation will come down in the next year, and hence maximum money goes to the market to boost economic growth. The motto seems to be economic growth first and people last. When 63 million Indian citizens are pushed into poverty because of healthcare cost every year, that is almost two people every second, according to the Oxfam Inequality Report, when 10 million lost jobs in COVID second wave and 79% households income declined, according to the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, Indian billionaire Gautam Adani became the richest person in Asia with net worth of $88.5 billion. In 2020, his income was just under $10 billion. India's proposed digital rupee should remain anonymous as concerns pertaining to surveillance will arise if all payment transactions are recorded and are visible, says Nandan Nilekani, the architect of Aadhaar. 
making citizens transparent to the state and enhancing surveillance on the citizens. When it comes to the rich becoming richer, they need complete protection, while they tell common citizens there's nothing to fear if you have nothing to hide. As the Modi government prepares to launch Life Insurance Corporation of India's IPO, India's biggest ever privatization exercise, there are fears that the institution may be valued significantly lower than its true worth, says V. Sridhar in his article in newsclick.in. The article says the way in which LIC's worth is determined is vitally important for two reasons. The first pertains to the fact that the embedded value offers by no means a conclusive estimate of the actual worth of an insurance company. Second, the valuation of a unique institution given the fact that LIC is unique in the world of finance and nothing like it exists anywhere in the world is fraught with not just the serious risk of undervaluation but abandoning the interest of millions of policyholders who have built its asset base. The Reporters Collective estimates that in the pandemic, 3,59,496 more people died than in a normal year in Rajasthan, Jharkhand and Andhra Pradesh, where officially only 28,609 people died of COVID. Even when they underplay the numbers, the compensation is denied to even the ones counted, citing protocols, poor record-keeping and red tape. The Supreme Court last week reminded state governments of their bounded duty to come to the solace of COVID-19-affected families and pay them compensation within 10 days of receipt of claim. Supreme Court's reminder came amid reports that states such as Maharashtra were rejecting offline claims, and checks issued to the affected were not being honoured in Karnataka. The Asian Development Bank said that it provided a record US dollar 4.6 billion loans to India in 2021, including US dollar 1.8 billion towards coronavirus response. In a report published by CFA titled Pandemic as an Opportunity COVID-19 Outbreak in Response of Multilateral Development Banks, in 2020 we found that multilateral development banks have used the disaster capitalism to redefine their relevance to support a change of economic policies that benefit private sector interest at the expense of marginalized communities. The report further said that it is rather unfortunate that even a disaster is being used as an opportunity to further the agenda of promoting capitalism. What we are seeing is that COVID-19 is being used as an opportunity to push for policy changes and redefine the social sector, health sector, as well as an opportunity to bring changes to the MSME sector. With the fast-tracked platform that this pandemic has provided for MBDs to push their agenda, it is critical to evaluate the impact of these investments both on economies and communities. The report can be accessed on our website, which is in the description. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be back with more news on economy and finance in the next week. Until then, goodbye.